You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, it's our regular season prediction bonanza. We forecast all four divisions, including whether or not the Jets get back into the postseason. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome back. Hoping it was good eating with friends and family for everybody out there. Um, I'm more stuffing than man right now, but I'm going to battle through it. I'm going to battle through the sweats because we've got a big time episode on our hands here, as you heard in the open prediction time our final show as well before the regular season officially gets underway for the winnipeg jets and joining me once again to dive into all the action is cjob's tyson rewicki tyson how's it going today oh pretty good not too bad i mean thanksgiving dinners down the drain i feel like what's that girl's name from uh charlie and the chocolate factory the one that eats the the bubble the bubble gum that tastes like thanksgiving dinner isn't it too that's Violet Beauregard. Yeah, feeling like her. I need, I need to be deflated by a couple Oompa Loompas right now. Yeah, my jeans ripped. My jeans ripped. <laughs> but, I mean, it's what are you going to do, right? It's, it, it happens. I, I, yeah, and I've got a little pumpkin cheesecake left over, too. So I'll, I'll uh, coffee and a cheesecake for me tomorrow morning to keep the good vibes going. Um, you know, we got a big episode here today, but also we have a big announcement to make. And I know this is a big one for you as well, Tice, but um, pretty, pretty exciting news here. And we'll just make the announcement official. Uh, but Tyson is going to be officially a full-time contributor here on Skates and Plates. My new co-host, I'm not treating you like a young defensive prospect on the Winnipeg Jets. You're getting the shot at the big leagues, buddy. So just thought we'd make that official there, let everybody know it there, and yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be a fun season there, little brother. Oh yeah, I'm so excited, and I'm looking, I'm super looking forward to interacting with all the fans. I'm looking forward to just being part of the community, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun this season. Yeah, just wait till they yell at you. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Jets fans are actually really nice. It's it's pretty sweet. Um, but let's get right to it here. And before we get into our predictions, and we'll go through each of the four divisions pick our playoff teams and then pick conference finalists and, and Stanley cup champions and all that. We, we should touch on a few jets notes before we get into all of this, because there were a 
couple of roster moves made by the team. Some official, some soon to happen. So we'll we'll touch on the ones that took place and we'll start, you know, going back a few days ago with the, I guess, somewhat surprising decision to place Johnny Kovacevic on waivers. And then maybe the not so surprising news that he was very quickly swooped up on waivers. In fact, it was the first team that had a chance to pick up Johnny Kovacevic. The Montreal Canadiens do so. So the Winnipeg Jets unfortunately lose a, a pretty, I mean, a pretty good story for them. He's, he's, he's a really, really nice kid and was developing into a, I, I think, a, a pretty solid defenseman in his own right. You lose a big, tall, sturdy right shot defenseman for absolutely nothing. And, I mean, good for Kovacevic because if you take a look at Montreal's blue line, he is going to slot into some big minutes right off the bat. <laughs> so he's, he's not going to be spending too much time with the press box anytime soon. But I guess, Tyson, let's get your initial thoughts on just the the thought process behind the decision of, of putting Kovacevic on waivers, knowing that it was likely he was going to be lost, especially with Elliot Friedman saying that there were numerous teams that were likely to put in a waiver claim. You know, Montreal gets the the first dibs there, but numerous teams were pretty interested in, in Johnny Kovacevic's services. Right, and I, like it sucks losing Johnny. Like it's like you said, it's a nice story for him to like. It would have been nice to see him get some minutes with the Jets, a team that put a lot of time and development into him. But I mean, this is what happens when you have that kind of backlog on defense, right? I mean, we're already seeing. I mean, this is kind of jumping forward a bit, but there's some there's some guys who could probably play on the Jets right now who aren't going to be on the team to start the year. And then there's the argument to be made with maybe you send a guy like Stanley or Copa Bianco down instead of Johnny Kovacevic. But I mean, I think the same thing. I think Logan Stanley would have gotten claimed by a team. I think the teams are always clamoring for that size. Uh, forget who claimed them, but J- Jared Tenorti got claimed. And I think Logan Stanley is a better defenseman <laughs> yeah. than, than Jared Tenorti. That, that, that answered your question right there. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's it just sucks. It sucks to see a guy that you put a lot of time in you lose them for really nothing yeah like you you do everything right as an organization leading up to that right like you i I think a third round pick take the time develop him a few years with the moose a few games with the jets and and your reward for that is another team gets to benefit from all the hard work you put in there i i was pretty shocked to be honest i mean I, I kind of understand at that point, if you're the Jets, you have limited options in that. I, I assume you don't want to send both Sandberg and Hanela down and, and not have either one of those up with the big club. But to me, this is really a decision that, that Kevin Sheveldayoff needed to rectify back in the summer where there was everybody knew and knows there's a log jam on the blue line here. And there's a shortage of talent in the middle six. It, like it just it seems like such an obvious solution here. And the Jets didn't kind of get ahead of themselves and, and make a proactive move. Um, and this is what happens when you get put into those situations. And, you know, un- less fortunate teams like Montreal are going to take advantage and say, hey, we'll we'll give a guy like that, you know, probably close to 18 minutes a night. And if it works out for us, great. If not, we'll we'll flip him for another pick and, you know, try this all again next year. I, I I understand at this point in time why the Jets were kind of forced into doing it. I just think it's it's poor asset management at that point. Like this was something that should have been done a few a few months ago to to open up some spots on this blue line here for for any of the youngsters. And right. and I mean this kind of leans right into the Billy Hanelis situation where 
You know, I think something we all kind of saw coming, you know, miles away officially took place with the club sitting him down to the AHL for the time being. I mean, none of the defensive prospects or youngsters stood out at training camp. And I think once that was the case and once no veterans were moved, that's the result that's going to happen here. You can't play all of them at, at, at this time. So you might as well get them 25 minutes a night down to the AHL and until they get a shot. Um, but my my big problem with this is what does Villy have to prove down there? Yeah. Like what what is he going to what is he going to, you know, and I would again, I'd rather him play 25 minutes than not play at all. But, but he needs to play at the NHL level. Like he needs to make mistakes there if he's going to actually grow and and, and get better as a player. Dominating the AHL, I, I just don't think he's going to do anything and it's not beneficial for his development path as a youngster here. He's, he's got to get regular minutes and, and the Jets clearly are not willing to give it to him. And I, I've said this before, Tice, but look, if you think Philly Hainala, rightly or wrongly, is your eighth or ninth defenseman in your organization and you're not willing to lose Kyle Capobianco on waivers over having him with the big club, then ship him out while he's got some value and get some help up front, right? Like, it's going to take a, a few significant injuries for him to even get into the lineup at this point. And I, I just feel bad for the kid because he might have had the best camp, honestly, out of all three youngsters. And his reward for that is, well, if someone gets hurt, we'll see you. If not, ha- have fun in the AHL for the next couple of months. Yeah, no, 100%. And honestly, I've been one of Billy's harshest critics over the past little bit. But I thought he I thought he took some real strides those last two games against Calgary. I thought he... You thought have he been very was- mean. <laughs> I thought I thought he showed some real improvements, I, and those were against yeah. Calgary's legit lineup yeah. for the most part. Good point. And, and you know, it's like you said, you get to a point where he's getting up there in age, and you know, you start to lose that first round pedigree and trade value. And with a roster that has some aging veterans, some guys who are on some shorter term contracts, if you could have flipped them for say a solid middle six forward that could really bolster that forward group. I think that could have gone a long way if that was your plan all along. But like you said, I mean, that's what happens when you pigeonhole yourself with this defensive situation that they're in right now. Yeah, it sucks. It, it, it sucks. You you lose one defenseman for nothing, and you kind of lose two defensemen for, for nothing, in all honesty here. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I guess things can change pretty quickly. Rick Bonus seemed to be pretty high on him. You know, I don't I don't know how much of this was a bonus decision and how much was a Chevy decision. There's that to take into account as well. It does seem to me like as of right now, the Jets are putting more value on the penalty kill than the second power play unit, I guess. And again, there's some there's some logic to that. It's just you can you can kind of have both situations covered here, right? Like if 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 you got a little more aggressive earlier on in the offseason, you could have again a Hanela Sandberg third pairing. And there you've got your power play two quarterback and a guy that can chip in PK defensively, bring a more all-around game. Um, I, I know Jets fans aren't happy with it, and quite frankly, I don't blame them. I, I think it sucks, and I think it's a situation that certainly could have been well avoided uh, yeah. with a few different decisions a little bit earlier on. And how about that uh, that funky power play unit they're running in practice there for, for a little bit? Three D-men on that second unit? Hanola, Hanola Pionk, Schmidt? That would have been, that would have been something else, but... I, yes. thought, I thought when they did that, I honestly thought that that was the sign that Hanola had solidified himself on that third pairing. But I, 
Yeah, now it just looks mean. <laughs> like, you can't, yeah, don't worry, kid. You wouldn't practice on the power play unless we were going to keep you up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of 3D. To, to me, I want, I'd rather have five forwards than, than yeah. 3D out there, but whatever. That, that's neither here nor there. Um, but, I mean, look, hopefully we see Billy up here sometime soon. I would just like to know if he's going to make it or not as, as an NHL defenseman. It, it just it kicks the can down the road a little bit longer. And maybe most frustratingly for me is he's like, and, and you said it, Tice, he's going to be 22 soon. 22 is not really all that young anymore. At the NHL, Right? Like it's, it's a different league. It's a different time. And you'd like to see him up against NHL competition. And I just feel like this is two to three years running now where the Jets have mishandled the best way to develop him. And there's still some glaring holes up front as well. So it's kind of a lose-lose all around in this specific scenario. We'll see if that um, maybe bodes in some of our predictions to come here shortly. Um, But I guess some lost, some gained. Maybe touch quickly on the newest Winnipeg Jet picked up on waivers as well. You lose Johnny Kovacevic, and instead the Winnipeg Jets dip into the Washington Capitals prospect-ish pool and claim Axel Janssen Fjallby off waivers. Tyson, you're a big Axel Janssen Fjallby fan. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, we kind of joke about it. I, I, I don't mind the move. He, he seems he seems like a decent pickup, and he's probably an improvement on some of the fourth line options the team had. Yeah. I mean, if his, if his skills are half as good of his name, then the jets got, got a really good player. Name in the flow, name in the flow. <laughs> a guy though, that he really reminds me of caught him in a couple of games against the flyers. Unfortunately, at the end of last year, his numbers don't really jump out at you in the AHL with the, with the Hershey bears last year, he had 34 points in 44 games, solid production. Only two, only two points though, or f- sorry, four points in the twenty-six games that he played with the Capitals. He honestly reminds me a lot of Brandon Tanner. Gonna, I was gonna, oh, gonna say the same thing. And I think that that you can pop him on that line with Lowry, and I think you can get some some magic there and try and try and squeeze out some of that some of that juice that you got out of Tanner early in his career. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go third line. I, yeah, I, like I get what you're saying. Like it, you know, the the Tanner mold there. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if he's got a little bit of a little bit more offense under the hood than he's shown so far. But he's handsome. He's got great hair, great <laughs> name. I mean, axe. I think every team should have an axle on it. So he checks off. A, he checks off a lot of like the ulterior boxes. But I don't. I don't mind the pickup there for the Jets, and, and happy that they they made a move there. Will be interesting to see who which of the forwards does go down or is put on waivers. Baron Morgan Baron is waiver exempt, but he's kind of shoehorned right now into that third line spot so I, I don't imagine he goes anywhere but wonder if a Menelainen or a Tononato goes on waivers but we'll have to wait to see uh, later Tuesday uh, what the Jets decide to do there so that'll cap off um, just a quick look at some of the roster moves made by the Winnipeg Jets hey look they might make a couple more before the season gets underway there's there's always a trade or two that takes place as well so there's that to uh, to keep into consideration here but um, we'll keep an eye on that we will move on, though, to the piece de resistance for this episode. The reason everybody comes in here, everybody's got predictions, everybody thinks they're right, and it's always one of my favorite episodes to do. So we're going to dive right on into that, get into the division, see if either me or Tice have the Winnipeg Jets getting back into the postseason this year. 
But quickly, before we do that, I do want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, with a big-time deal for you on tap to take advantage of, which we'll get to in just a second. And maybe you could bet on one of the first few opening night games of the year, actually, and try to, to try to pick your job off the floor after this one, Tice. But I, I kind of like... Just because it's weird, it always goes this way on opening night. I kind of like Chicago to go into Colorado and defeat the defending Cup champs on home ice to start off the season Wednesday. Wow. They're, they're paying, let me check, yeah, plus one million. So if you want to just throw in a couple bucks on that, see what happens. Maybe, maybe you could take over jackpot. Uh, you could also turn small bets into big payouts with same-game parlays as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. All right. Now, actually, before we get into it, I want to complain about the NHL. And everybody loves doing this, but I, I think it's legitimate. The NHL schedule makers, with all due respect, stink. Yep. Why? How, how do the defending champs not open up the season? I, how does that happen? Like, how does that happen? I, I won't even get into the whole Europe gate, like the whole Europe start to the year. It's goofy, but whatever. They, I, I get, you know, logistically, it could be difficult traveling eight, nine, ten hours across the pond and all that. But but how like why would the NHL think it's a good idea to start the year with Tampa Bay, New York, and Vegas, LA, and then have Colorado be like the fifth game on the docket on Wednesday? Uh, it it blows my mind. And and just to add on to that point, how many times do we have a slate full of NHL games and nine of them all start yeah. at six oh seven? You couldn't space them out a little bit better. Like hashtag mine. Hashtag staggered start times. They did it in the first round this year, and everybody loved it. And then they immediately stopped doing it forever. So it's awesome. Like, yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Well, oh, well, everybody, all our fans love this, and our numbers are through the roof. Let's never do that again. <laughs> um, but let's move on from that. Let's digress. Uh, we will start with our division by division predictions here. And we'll start out east before closing out the show with our central division predictions. You want to start Atlantic or Metro, Tice? Uh, let's go uh, alphabetically. Let's roll with Atlantic. Okay. It's it's sad that I had to think there for a second. Atlantic. All right. So Almost the Atlantic Division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll start it. Well, yeah, I'll start us off here. You know, and this is, in, I'll, I'll just say this before. We go through all the divisions. What I was actually contemplating doing was, and everybody, I, I feel like people want to always like take out a couple teams that made the playoffs and put some in just because it's it, it's just what happens year after year. I legitimately thought of just keeping the same 16 playoff <laughs> teams from last year in. That has never happened in NHL history. That would be something. but I, not, I'm not making that up either. It, it, I, and I think... Never mind that, but there's never been the same eight teams from a conference make the playoffs year after year. There's there's always been at least one team that's in the playoff field that wasn't in there the year prior. So it's it's just weird, right? Like I I don't think there's going to be 
I didn't think at least there was going to be that much change, but I had to change my tune a little bit here. Uh, but quickly, we'll go through the Atlantic. I mean, the easy thing for me, Montreal is going to be amongst the worst teams in hockey this year. There's, they're not going to surprise anybody uh, unless they get a little close to some of the teams that are ahead of them. So Montreal, to me, easy pick at the bottom of the Atlantic. Buffalo getting better, but I think still some pretty big goaltending marks for them. Uh, but the Sabres will be a much more competitive team still at the bottom of the division there. I'm not buying the Ottawa Center just hype. I said that in last week's episode. Their defense is still near the bottom of the league. Goaltending is meh. And I need to see it before I can believe it from the youngsters. So I'm actually going to have Ottawa uh, third last in the Atlantic Division this year. And then this is where we start to differ from the playoff pool last year. I, I wanted to pick him again, but I am I am going to say that age and injuries have caught up to the Boston Bruins, and I'm going to pick the Bruins to miss the playoffs, which means the Detroit Red Wings are back in the big dance. I saw an, an article, I read an article that said Stevie Y was not going to spend in free agency until he thought his team could contend, as in be competitive. And then he spent in free agency this year. So I'm going to trust Stevie Y. I'm going to trust his eye that the Red Wings are ready to go. And I think everyone's looking at Mo Sider to have a big year. And he probably will. I think Lucas Raymond's going to be the story with the Red Wings. And I got the Red Wings to finish fourth and grab a wild card spot. And then from there, Florida, Tampa Bay, two and three. I got Toronto. I mean, for me, no surprise to other people maybe. But I think Toronto who desperately need to avoid that 2-3 matchup in the Atlantic Division this year. I think the Maple Leafs get okay goaltending, and that's enough for them to grab the Atlantic Division crown. Yeah, no, I think I think we're actually pretty similar in our picks. I, I did the same thing with Montreal last. I mean, my note for Montreal is three puking face emojis, so that's <laughs> that's all you got to know about them. I do like the Doc edition. I mean, they're doing the rebuild the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really tearing it down. They're doing it similar to what the Rangers did a couple of years ago, and look how that turned out for them. I mean, you got to get a a prize free agent and then get a, one of the top college defensemen to just pick you to be yeah. to, to play for. So, got a ways to go. Up after that, I'm with you on Ottawa. I got them actually finishing second last in the division. Oh. I'm really scared about that defense. Uh, Elliot Freeman alluded on one of his podcasts that he does still see them making a move on on the back end. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, they were rumored Lassie Thompson a first, and I forget the other prospect that was in that package for Jacob Chikrin. I think Shane Pinto might be a might be a bit of a breaking point for the Senators there. They don't want to get rid of him, and I can 100% understand that. Uh, after Ottawa, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think Buffalo they're in the they're in that early stage of retooling almost, where they they. Can't I think everyone them. wants them to to make yeah. it, but they're just not quite there yet. Yeah, 100%. So they. I think they're still a year away. I think next year they really retool a la Detroit and add a couple of veterans, some nice pieces there. I agree with you on Boston, man. Like that's a lot of injuries. And we we know the cutoff dates where it's American Thanksgiving. If you're not in the playoffs, it's something like a 65, 70% chance. 80. 80. 80. Wow. Yeah. So you got if they're not in by then, and they're not expected. Marshawn and McAvoy aren't, aren't expected to be in it back in the lineup until late November, early December around there. So that well, and here's the thing, too, you know, ever, and maybe this is just as, as Flyers fans speaking about this, but Marshawn had double hip surgery. Yeah. Like, there's no guarantee. Everyone's just like, oh, Marshawn will be back and he'll away. Like, 
he's 35. There's a decent chance that he doesn't return on time and then isn't effective all season long. Yeah, we've seen multiple guys take a long time to recover from those hip surgeries. So that's going to be that's definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. And I'm with you. I'm riding that Detroit bandwagon. Uh, Little Caesars Palace is going to be absolutely bumping all year. I can't believe they didn't name it the arena that after they called it Little Caesars Arena. It's just too perfect. But I'm I'm 100% with you. All those additions. They added David Perron, Ben Sherratt. Just a bunch. They they added just a bunch of solid veterans to their lineup, and I think Ed, I really do think that Maurice Sider is one of the upper echelon. And another defensive prospect that they have, Simon Edmondson. Yeah, he is an absolute stud. And Maurice Sider and Simon Edmondson, Edmondson, they they've got an absolute dynamite D duo for the next fifteen years there in Detroit. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Detroit's future. Yeah, they've they've never really had a, a good defenseman in Detroit. So good to see. Yeah, Swedish D man. Yeah, that's right. They just don't mix. Both I time. <laughs> I agree with you, Florida. I have Florida in my third. They lost a lot of pieces. They got the top end talent though, and they always do seem to find that diamond in the rough guy like Jonathan March or so Mason Marchment the past couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see which young guys step up in that lineup. Tampa, Tampa's Tampa. They'll be second, and same with Toronto. I think they're the best team on paper in the Atlantic division. So I'm going to roll with them as my first seed. Yeah. No one even, no one will get to Toronto a little bit later on. Cause that's all anybody really cares about with the Maple Leafs here. But I, I think it's fair to say, and Tampa Bay is officially entered. We don't care about the regular season territory. So there's for them. It's just, let's grab a playoff spot. Let's chill out and we'll show up once uh middle of April gets underway. Let's move over to the Metro division here. All right, well, let's just get this out of the way. The, the Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers will have absolutely no competition in terms of who finishes last in that division. They have made quite sure of that with the offseason that they've had so far. I will say this. Now, like I'm a big, I'm a big like Marvel Harry Potter guy. So I, I actually have like a Flyers fan fiction that I've written out for like like a best case scenario of how things are going to go. And it's the only way it's getting me through the season. But what I'm anticipating happening is John Tortorella essentially forces certain members of the Flyers to quit <laughs> because he's not getting what he needs to. And there's a few screaming matches. Hopefully one of those is with Tony D'Angelo. And the Flyers bomb and crash through the regular season. They win the draft lottery and get Connor Bedard. The Maple Leafs flame out of the postseason. Chuck Fletcher is gone. Kyle Dubas comes in. The Leafs stench is off Dubas, and he leads the Flyers to an unparalleled decade-long successful tenure with Connor Bedard leading the way. So that's what I that, that that's what I got going on in my head. Um, but yeah, no, the Flyers are awful, and no one will be close to them in that division. Uh, Columbus, the big addition, I mean, Columbus, the biggest move in the offseason, getting Johnny Gaudreau. They're just so, so weak down the middle. Like, yeah. they're all, again, they're kind of Buffalo. Everyone wants them to be good, but they're just not quite there yet. I am going to have a change into the guard in the Metro because everybody's picking or has been picking either Washington or Pittsburgh to miss the playoffs for a number of years now. Well, the bill gets due eventually, right? And yeah. I, I think the time is this year. And I think both Washington and Pittsburgh are gonzo. <laughs> hopefully, that's, hopefully Pittsburgh more than Washington. That's ballsy. I'm gonna say enough, enough is enough. 
they both get booted from the postseason dance and a few New York-based teams jump into the mix there. I'm going to have the Islanders bounce back. There's still a lot of talent there with the Islanders and and with Sorokin. Maybe last year was just like a Murphy's Law year. They had that, like, what, a thousand game road trip to start the season. Yeah. I I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a bounce back for the Isles. I'll have them at fourth. I am gonna take the Devils to make the playoffs. I am gonna take Andrew Brunette to lead the New Jersey Devils to the playoffs, but that's a different story. I, I just think there's too much talent there. Jack Hughes is too good, and I think the Devils are gonna finally, after seven consecutive seasons of winning the offseason, I think they're finally gonna break through. And then no surprise here, the Rangers. Number two, followed by who I think might be the best all-around team outside of Colorado heading into the season, the Carolina Hurricanes atop the division. Oh, I'm, you're taking a lot of my sleeper picks, too. It's kind of disappointing, but nice to see great minds think alike. Yeah, uh, whatever. Starting out about the bottom, same thing with the Flyers. You hit the nail on the head. Like With my notes, I said that I had three puking faces for the, for the Habs. For the Flyers, I have six. Good. <laughs> Good. They deserve it. So that's what I see there. I, there's not too much to touch on the Flyers. They're just going to yep. be terrible. Uh, same. I, I'm with you on the Blue Jackets finishing second last. They, they had a tough time. I mean, going after Goudreau, to get a superstar player of that caliber, you have to you have to make the move. And so they made the move now. They'll worry about the cap ram- ramifications later. They got some nice pieces, but I agree with you. They're still a year away in that Buffalo mode. But I'm going to look at a... Igor Shinikov to have a nice rookie year with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now he's playing on a line with Jakub Voracek and Jack Roslevic. So it'll be nice to see what kind of skill level he has there. I'm rolling with the Islanders next to miss the playoffs. Ooh. I don't see a bounce back there. I'm just not in love with the with their forward group as, a, as some other people. I'm a little bit worried about how two years ago a lot of their forwards had career years. And I'm just a little bit worried about maybe, I don't know if that's the norm for those guys or if they're due for a little bit of regression and so we'll see that they did they do have some injury concerns there too have a couple other a couple other core forward guys are getting up there in age so i have the islanders missing and i'm gonna go roll with the washington capitals missing the playoffs too and they're just old like they're, they're just so old old team nick backstrom's hips are destroyed i think that's gonna be probably one of the saddest storylines to follow just to he's still gonna have that passing ability but I just kind of envision a Joel Thornton scenario there to kind of end his career off. I mean, you need hips. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you do need hips. Great for one of the most underrated forwards. I love Nick Backstrom. So it's, it sucks to see there. And I'm rolling with you with the devils. I, I got them making the playoffs as a wild card team. I love the moves they made up front, getting Eric Howla, Andre Pallad. Those are some nice forward pieces up there. John Marino on the back end and Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood have the potential to be a high-end da- tandem, but they also have the potential <laughs> to not be a high-end tandem. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. And Alexander Holtz makes a lineup as a rookie there on the top line with Jack Hughes. That'll be a fun That'll be a fun yeah. line to watch as the season goes on. After that, rolling with the Rangers. It will be, I, I'm interested to see if they can keep up the, their point production overall in the season after giving up so many chances. Like, I mean, Igor, Igor is Igor. He's one of the best goalies, but it's tough giving up that many chances. I, I do think we call that in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I do think though that they're, that they are still one of the more talented teams and I'm rolling with Pittsburgh to finish second in the division. I but. think 
they're they are getting up there in age but i do like some of the depth depth pieces they added i think that they're a team that's kind of made to get into the playoffs and then once you get in anything can happen and i'm with you on carolina the brent brent burns trade is super smart everything they do is just smart in general like the underrated moves picking up paul stasny uh even adding dylan coughlin in that max max patcheretti trade i mean he's a solid d-man and they got him for nothing along with patcheretti and he's going to be stable he's going to be on that third D pairing to start, but I can see him maybe moving up on that D pair with Jacob Slavin. I mean, Calvin DeHaan's there right now. He's not he he's a left-handed D man, but he plays the right side quite a bit. So I'm really excited to see Carolina. And I think their second line, calling it the bounce back line, Kakaniemi, Marty Nietzsche's are gonna be flanked by Andre Svechnikov. I think both those guys have a big bounce back year. And I really like caught the Kakaniemi signing. And it reminds me a lot like the Joel Erickson X signing in Minnesota where you see that he's got the, the capabilities to be a good defensive player in the league, you're just waiting for that offense to, to, to hit. And I think he taps into that offense, offensive potential and why he was a top pick. Paulie Walnuts out there in Carolina too. I think a lot of Jets fans wouldn't mind if a team other than Winnipeg was to go deep to see Carolina make a run and hopefully he gets a chance at a Stanley Cup there. Now, I before we move out west quickly, Tyson, you, you have a, kind of a sixth sense with this. I think it's three years running that you've picked the first head coach to be fired in the NHL. Do you is, is it going to be Lindy Ruff, even though you have the Devils to make the playoffs? Or who's I, I, for everybody that loves to gamble out there? Who's who's your guy? What's the kiss of death? I forgot to mention it, but Lindy Ruff is for sure getting fired first, for sure. That's gonna take like like maybe if they get like a two and five stretch, they're gonna be like, well, Lindy, you had your chance. I was gonna say a two game losing streak. <laughs> we got Brunette. Like that—that's just the best. Like I, I'm not the best for Lindy Ruff, but you just hire his replacement right in front of you. I mean, that's that's got. Yeah, to I'm, uh, yeah. Look, if if your partner brings home a younger model, <laughs> I think you know that your time might be up. Your your time in the marriage might be up soon. <laughs> it's that's hey, look, it's the name of the game in sports, but the writing's on the wall. Uh, my but second. my, I, I will say this: my actual my actual surprise pick for the first coach to be fired. And it's crazy because I I honestly think he's a top five coach in the league, but I am not going to be shocked if Bruce Boudreaux is the first coach to be canned. No, it's just a weird weird dynamic out there in Vancouver right now. They have pretty high expectate, like whether or whether or not they're correct in it, they expect their team to be a playoff club this year. They didn't give Bruce Boudreaux an extension after he asked for it in the summer, despite leading them to a one hundred plus point pace. It just feels to me like if there's any kind of struggles, new management that didn't really have a whole lot at stake with Boudreaux is not going to be hesitant whatsoever to pull the trigger there. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think my, uh, it's just a weird, right. It's a weird scenario in Vancouver with Boudreaux. You think, you think they get him. I mean, Bruce, there it is. It's, Bruce. it's, that's, it's that simple. My underrated pick for a coach firing is going to be DJ Smith in Ottawa. Yeah. I think if, it's almost not really an underrate, un, like under the radar pick, but I mean, if that team struggles, he's been there a little bit, then they're clearly wanting to see some improvements in their lineup. So I think if they get it off to a slow start, I think you could get the early can as well. High expectations and slow starts equals yeah. job security going out the window pretty quick in the NHL. <laughs> Let's move out west here. Now we're into the the big stuff for Jets fans. We'll start with the Pacific Division. And again, I think at the bottom, everybody's kind of in agreement in all these divisions so far. Um, whichever order you want to put them, I've got Anaheim and San Jose. 
rounding out the bottom there. Speaking of coaches on the hot seat, just after those two teams, I've got the Seattle Kraken. I actually don't mind their roster. I just don't think Dave Haxtell is a good coach at the NHL yeah. level. I think he's <laughs> holding that team back. So until he's gone, I'm going to have Seattle well outside the playoff picture. From there, I will have Vancouver outside the playoff line. They're they're close. And I don't even it's not even necessarily a slight on Vancouver. I, I just like the four teams ahead of them a lot better. I, I think Vancouver's close, but for me, I, I will I will definitely have the LA Kings ahead of them. I, I look if Quentin Byfield pops off, I, I think there's every chance the Kings win that division. But as it stands right now, again, I like the other three teams ahead of the Kings more so than what LA is building right now. From there. The Battle of Alberta will take place once again. We'll get a rematch, except this time it'll be in round one. I've got Calgary in the three spot, Edmonton in the two spot. And I'm sticking with my bold prediction. I'm going all in on Vegas. I think the Golden Knights romp to a division victory. I think Bruce Cassidy wins coach of the year. I think everything goes good for the Knights until the playoffs start at the very least. But I, I, I like Vegas to win the Pacific Division. Tyson. We we going down the same wavelengths here. We got some differences. Oh, not not quite, not quite. I uh, agree with you with San Jose Anaheim. They're they're not looking to compete. They just want to see some improvement out of their young guys. So, not too much to say on that part. I agree with you. I like Seattle's forward group this year. Actually, I mean, I think just this off season they added Matty Beniers, Shane Wright, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and Andre Burakovsky to that forward group. I mean, those are some. Those are some decent guys there, and especially some high potential in Maddie, Maddie Beniers and Shane Wright. I mean, the defense still has some questions. Grubauer still has some questions. So I still think, you know, kind of in that mold of Columbus too, just kind of piecing things together before they really start making a lot more moves. I agree with you with Vancouver. I think they barely miss, but there's just – I just don't think they have enough. That defense is a little shaky. I mean, Luke Shen's able to be covered by Victor Hedman in Tampa. I don't know if Quinn Hughes will be able to do the same thing with him as he's currently slated to be on the top pair with Quinn Hughes. So that's a little... Somehow Luke Shen figured it out. It was the weird... It's You know, Luke Shen last year was... Or is Geno Smith this year? Yeah. That's that's what it is. Like, it makes no sense. But he legitimately somehow played great beside him. Yeah, no. So that's that's a great comparison there. Missing the playoffs too. I have Vegas missing the playoffs. I'm not as I'm, I'm not as stoked about them as a lot of people are. I mean, there's some question marks in that top nine. Like on the top top line right now, you got Phil Kessel. Can he can he go back to his scoring ways? Yes. Not in your head. <laughs> yes. I hope he does. That would, yeah. that would be absolutely <laughs> great for the league to have Kessel yeah. lighting it up in Vegas. And then there's Winnipeg boy Brent Howden on the second line. Can he prove that he still that he has that first round pedigree as well? Matt Amadio on the third line with William Carlson and Marcia. So, I mean, their lines are a little interchangeable, third, second, whatever. But Matt Amadio with those two guys, I mean, that's a guy that's bounced around for a little bit. We'll see We'll see how he does. And that goaltending situation has a chance to really go down in flames, though, in Vegas. If, if Logan Thompson can't carry over his strong play from last season, that could be a really, really big question mark for that team. And I got LA making the playoffs this year. I agree with you with Quinton Byfield. I think he, if he pops off, that's a legit, legit NHL player right there. Gabe Velarde, too, could take a step forward. That goaltending tandem's a little shaky there with Cal Peterson and John Quick. And then with two, I'm going Oilers. McDavid's just the best. 
what do you get? They they added some forward depth. I like the Clem Costin pickup they made. That's a nice yeah. low low risk, high reward pick there. Jack Jack Campbell should be better than Mike Smith, so upgrade there. And then I'm rolling with Calgary, who had the best off season. I think they might take a little bit time to gel together, but I think once we see them around December, January, I think they're really going to start to pick up their play and really solidify themselves as one of, as one of the league's elite. Interestingly, the Athletics projection model has the Calgary Flames as the second best team in the NHL this year. There you go. I don't agree with that, but you know what? The numbers are what the numbers are. We'll see if it plays out that way. I would like, it would be funny to see this. Vegas has pretty, Vegas has pretty much adopted like the villain role in the NHL. I would like to see them go full heel and just healthy scratch Phil Kessel like two (laughs) games into the year. (laughs) That would be the final spot. Yeah, just like, oh yeah, you like that? How about that move? (laughs) <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I i'm i'm just i'm all in on vegas this year what i what i would kind of would like to see i don't think it's going to end up happening but vegas was the last team to kind of take it to colorado in the playoff right remember that that series there i wouldn't mind seeing the knights get another crack at at, at the avalanche to see if you know colorado going all the way is, has changed things or if maybe vegas is just a stylistically rough matchup for the Colorado Avalanche, but that's a long ways away. We're maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit there. Uh, let's go to the big piece here, Tice, the Central Division. And again, we'll, we'll start off at the bottom here because there's there's no real, there, there's just no real, what's the word I'm looking for? Suspense, that's what it is. <laughs> there's no real suspense as to who's going to finish at the bottom. Arizona, for me, worst team in hockey. They'll finish dead last. Chicago, not much better, but they've got Patrick Kane for 40 games or so. So I think that pushes them ahead of where Arizona is at right now. Then things get really interesting. Like The, the Central is an interesting division because to me there are tiers. Chicago, Arizona is in a tier of its own at the bottom. I think Colorado, surprise, surprise, tier of its own at the top. And I will also put another tier in there. For me... Nashville and Minnesota are just not not by a, a ton, but for me, with the rosters they have, they're a cut above the other teams in the division. I think Nashville Nashville's two and zero already. <laughs> they're they're undefeated, but I, I think the Predators had themselves a hell of an off season. They were sneaky good last year, and they only got a lot lot better this off season here. And I I'm pretty bullish on them, and I've actually got the Predators to finish second uh, behind Colorado. Minnesota, I think, is going to take a bit of a step back. But even then, like a, a bit of a step back for them could be 102 points, right? Like they, the, the foundation that they set for themselves last year, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be okay overall, despite the loss of Kevin Fiala for nothing. And we'll see what Marco Rossi is able to do, but wouldn't be surprised if he is a big year for them. And the same goes if, if Matt Boldy gets two or three more minutes of ice time a game. He was almost a pointed player. Last year, you know, as as a rookie playing pretty limited minutes. So for me, my top three is Colorado, Nashville, Minnesota, bottom Chicago, Arizona. That then leaves, for me, the battle for the final playoff spot between, and I'll kind of group them all in here. But for me, it's St. Louis, Winnipeg, Dallas, and Vancouver. That to me, those those four or five teams I don't think there's a whole lot separating them. And I think it's going to be a pretty tight battle for the majority of the season as to who grabs that last spot. I, I've just, I've never been high on Dallas these past few years. What's interesting is 
Pete DeBoer's first year with a franchise goes extremely well. <laughs> like he is unreal as a coach in his first year with the team. New Jersey, Stanley Cup Finals. San Jose, Stanley Cup Finals. Vegas, Conference Finals. Like that's a pretty that's a pretty consistent pattern that he's getting teams pretty deep his first year. Then he completely flames out and he's gone by three years. But that's a problem for future Dallas. I'm just I'm not buying it this time around. I'm I'm going to zig maybe where the pattern there says zag. They're just the stars are old. I don't know if Ottinger is as good as his playoff run might suggest. So I'm going to have the Dallas Stars to finish one, two, three, four, five, sixth in the Central Division outside the playoffs. And then for me, it's between St. Louis and Winnipeg and Vancouver for a battle for that final playoff spot. I'm not going to take Vancouver. I'll say this. I am much more optimistic about the Jets' chances after preseason than I was going into training camp. 100%. I think vibes-wise, vibalistically, if that's a word, that things are in a good place right now for Winnipeg and, and Rick Bonus is pushing all the right buttons. Having said that, though, a lot of the roster questions still remain. Who's going to score in the bottom six for the Jets? Is the second line going to contribute consistently as well? I I, I love I love Perfetti. Du- Dubois is a great second line center, but you know Perfetti hasn't really shown a ton at the NHL level just yet. Can he stay healthy? Blake Wheeler is he going to take another step back? And what could that mean to that line's production? There's not a whole lot of safety nets for the Jets as well. If somebody gets hurt up front, the blue line is 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 just fine. But I, I wonder, again, if this club is just asking and relying on Connor Hellebuck to do a little too much here. Ultimately, what this boils down to is I need to see it before I can believe it from the Winnipeg Jets. It's all about defensive structure, integrity to their game, doing the right things. We've just I, I've heard and seen this song and dance the past couple of years and. Again, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And for that reason, I'm going to take the St. Louis Blues to finish ahead of the Winnipeg Jets and grab the fourth and final playoff spot inside that central division. So I have the Winnipeg Jets for the second straight year here missing the postseason with more questions to be asked than solved. Tyson, let us hear it, what your central division predictions are. Blackhawks, Coyotes, you touched on it before. Not too much to add. Their tagline for this season is definitely going to be suck hard for Connor Bedard. Hey, <laughs> uh, After that, I agree with you with Dallas. I like they made some decent moves. I like the Marchment signing. It's going to add some some nice some nice grit, some nice a little bit skill too into that lineup. But they're just a team that's kind of like on that bubble. They're they're in between ninth to to sixteen range. I just. There's some. They're a team that's really in need of a retool. I I think just they're kind of straddled by some bad contracts with Sagan and Ben, and those are going to be really hard to move on from because those got those still have some term on them. I agree with you, Dallas missing the playoffs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Winnipeg to snag that final wild card spot this year. I think I think we do see a bounce back overall. There's last season went so so poorly that really there they are they could only go up. Hopefully. I I say that at hoping, but I do think the Jets bounce back. I think Shifley, the Shifley-Connor-Ehlers line is due for a big year. I think Perfetti has a solid 
kind of rookie year. Like they don't technically last season wasn't his, it wasn't his rookie year. This season will also be his rookie year. So I think we see a, a nice season from there. I agree with you. There's still some questions on that bottom six, but I think they'll be able to hold their own in a lot of those games. They might not necessarily score a ton, but I don't think they're going to get scored on a ton as well. And the defense is an issue we've talked about at length, but who knows? We could see how a quarter of the way into the season, Billy Hanola or Dylan Sandberg really step up in the AHL and leave no choice but for the Jets to bring them up. And maybe that's just kind of that extra push that defense needs. Uh, I, I think Hellebuck, too, has a big bounce back here. I think the Jets are going to slot into that final wild, wild card spot. Yeah, it's cl- classic, classic new guy move. Pick, <laughs> pick the hometown team to make it up. <laughs> and so, so you got Winnipeg to get in. So you have St. Louis behind the Jets. I have St. Louis. Just, I, I feel like Winnipeg and St. Louis are kind of interchangeable, but I have them both making the playoffs over Dallas and over those Pacific teams. Okay. Uh, St. Louis is just a tough team to play against. I'm looking at their lineup though. The Jets and them, they they got pretty similar lineups. They. Like weirdly similar. Yeah, like St. Louis's D isn't anything to to write home about. I they're still in the Ch- Jacob Chicken sweepstakes, so we'll see what happens there. I, I think the Blues have the better forward group, like top to bottom, and yeah. the Jets obviously have the better goaltending. Yeah, I I agree with that. So I think they're two similar teams. Like I said, St. Louis is a tough team to play against. They always seem to be in the mix. So I'm gonna pick them as one of those wild card teams. And I agree with you with Minnesota and Nashville as the two three. I th- I have Minnesota as my th- as my third team. There's a youth movement going on in Minnesota. They have eight guys in their forward group this year who are 25 and under. So the, Minnesota's got some good years ahead of them. They got those Parise Suter biocap hits that they're going to have to deal with that could really cripple them. So that'll be an interesting storyline to follow in the upcoming off seasons. I agree with you with Nashville. I mean, they're on pace to go 82 and 0 this year. <laughs> so as the numbers say, you can't pick against them. The moves they made were really great, and I I just I really like the style of hockey that Nashville plays. And the Avs are the Avs. They're going to be first overall, or first first in the Central. New Losing Kadri sucks, but I think Alex Newhook's going to take a big step this year. And they added some nice forward depth there with Evan Rodriguez. And that decor is just by far the best in the league. So I'm definitely rolling with that. Colorado to finish first. The I mean, the one thing with Col- their biggest weakness right now is second-line center. But having said that, either Newhook develops into it, or Colorado, what whichever assets they have left, goes out and gets one. Yeah. So I, I I honestly don't think there's any worry for the Avs. And um, yeah, well primed for for a repeat performance this year. The one the last thing I'll say with the Winnipeg Jets that for me is going to be the most fascinating thing to watch is what their positioning in the standings is come the trade deadline or leading into the trade deadline. Because if they're comfortably in a playoff spot, I mean the answers are are, are clear. You're you're going to go with the team you have. You'll you'll make some additions. How aggressive? I don't know, but you'll make some additions, and you'll see what happens once you get into the dance. But what's more intriguing to me is if they're say six seven points back of the playoff line, and you've got one guy up front that publicly not. I mean has demanded but not really demanded to trade out or at least hasn't committed his long-term commitment to the franchise. You have one guy there, one guy that kind of but not really but also did <laughs> say he was going to potentially wonder what his future was and what it's paid. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah. as Facebook said, it's complicated. I, I do, there is a part of me, and I said it in my bold prediction, that 
if the Jets are, I'm not going to say out of it, out of it. I, I don't think they'll be that far out of it. But if they're looking at a 10, 15% chance at making the playoffs by the trade deadline, do you start to throw Mark Shifley and Pierre Dubois' name out there knowing that that's probably going to be the time to maximize the trade value for either of those players? Even if, you know, who knows where they commit and sign a long-term deal to, but knowing if you're the team getting them, that you're getting two playoff runs out of both of those guys. Like, I, I'm fascinated to see what the organizational approach would be in that situation. And with the standings being so tight with those bubble teams, it's it's a possibility, and I'll be I'll be really really intrigued, and I would love to know all the fans' thoughts out there as to if if there's a realistic or not chance that Chevy could move a couple of pillars of this team up front and kind of kickstart a bit of a rebuild for the Winnipeg Jets. Some something I think a lot of people might say is is long overdue. Yeah. Uh, quickly here before we wrap up the episode, Tyson, let's go to our final four picks what we see happening in the conference finals, and then Stanley Cup predictions. Why don't you go first, Tyson? What do you see as your uh, conference finals and then Stanley Cup? I'm going to roll with Colorado taking on Calgary in the conference finals. Kind of a lame pick. I got the two top seeds going up against each other. But I, I just honestly think they're the two top teams in the West, and I do see that being the conference final in the West. Out East, it gets a little, it gets a little dicier here. I'm going to roll... With Carolina come out of the Metro. And then I'm going to roll with Tampa Bay to go back oh. to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just wanted to tease some of those Toronto fans <laughs> there. I mean, I I do like Toronto's lineup. And I think they're, there obviously is the possibility that they finally do break through. I mean, they took Tampa as far as they could out of, I mean, over the past what is it? They were a goal away. They were a goal away. The past three years, they, besides Colorado, I think that was one of the toughest series that they played. So that will be interesting. That second round matchup there is going to be absolutely crazy in the Atlantic, no matter who it is. And yeah, I'm going to roll with Toronto versus Carolina. And then from there, I'm going Carolina versus Calgary in the cup finals. And Carolina is going to take it back to Raleigh. Yeah, it's funny because... I mean, to me, Carolina is the the best team in the East. Colorado is the best team in the West, but it's just boring. Like, uh, it's just boring to pick that. Let's get a little juicy here. <laughs> so for me, the final four, we'll start out West. I think we get a rematch of last year's Western Conference final. I, I, I don't think anybody's near Colorado's level in the Central. And I do think that Edmonton not only has a pretty big regular season, but I think they have a pretty big deadline as well. Ken Holland's been kind of gun-shy so far, but I, I think the Oilers find a way to make a pretty big splash or two and go all in this year. Uh, so that's what I see happening out west. In the east, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just not going to pick against Carolina to come out of the Metro. For me, the best team there. And, and call me Charlie Brown, but I just, I can't, I can't quit them. <laughs> I just i I think they're I, I think they can do it somehow. I don't know why. I don't know how. But I'll roll with the Toronto Maple Leafs to get it done. Like the the thing with Toronto is like there really is only two paths. Like they're either going to lose in round one or they're going to go on a playoff. Right? Like they're going to go on a run or it'll be five games and everybody loses their jobs. I I I do think they finally find a way to slay the Drake and they're just too talented 
to not win a freaking playoff round. At some point, they have to get a bounce, right? <laughs> I, I do think I do think the Leafs went around and go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and from there, I hate this storyline. I've always hated it, but the Stanley Cup will be coming back to Canada this year, folks. The wait is finally over because I'm going to say we get a Toronto Edmonton oh. Stanley Cup Finals, McDavid versus Matthews, and Toronto. After years and years of frustration, waiting since 67 to win the Stanley Cup, they haven't won a round. They'll have to wait another year because the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup. Connor McDavid with 50 points in the playoffs. I love it. Takes home the Hart Trophy as well. The heartbreak continues for the Maple Leafs. And Kyle Dubas quits and immediately joins the Philadelphia Flight. But I, I do have the Edmonton Oilers. Shout out Ross Cook taking down the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Stanley Cup final this year. That would be, I mean, just Canada would explode. I, like, just, I don't even know what would happen if that's what ended up taking place there. But that would be um, such great TV. That would be yeah. such great TV. I think to me, the Maple Leafs, I think, are like a, a Shakespearean tragedy. It's <laughs> so like this is the final, this it's the it's the final act. It's the the poison pill, it's the stake through the heart. It's the final thing that just eventually ends. Maple Leafs fans for all eternity is losing the Stanley Cup title to the Edmonton Oilers and the hometown boy grabbing the Smythe as well. So that's how we see it take place. Would love to know all of your guys' thoughts as well. We'll do a poll also on on the Skates and Plates Twitter account. So, I mean, at Brandon underscore Rewicki, at Skates Plates Pod. What, what's your handle again? At Tyson Rewicki. At Tyson Rewicki. Let us know your thoughts. Will the Winnipeg Jets get into the playoffs this year? Who makes it to the Stanley Cup final? Who ultimately lifts the trophy? All that stuff. Again, hit us up on Twitter and we'll we'll make a poll. Who's going to be right? Tyson and the Jets are in or Brandon and the Jets are out. But that'll do it for this Prediction Bonanza episode. We clock in at just under an hour, so it's time to uh, catch up on the rest of the Monday night or between Kansas City and Vegas before we call it curtains. But until then, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. When we get back at it, and we'll do a special time, we are going to break down some actual freaking Winnipeg Jets regular season hockey. (laughs) Coming out on Saturday morning because the Winnipeg Jets open up their season Friday night at home with a big-time matchup, a tough test right out of the gate. They take on the New York Rangers. So instead of an episode Friday morning, I think everyone's just going to want to talk about the game that took place as opposed to a lame preview of the game to come. So we'll break down the game, and that one will come out for you guys on a Saturday morning. But again, until then, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe. Have a great Thanksgiving hangover as well. Bring your stretchy pants into work on Tuesday. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday morning. Peace.